What is up, y'all? It's your boy, DSC, and we're here with our first edition of the DSC Podcast. We are so pumped to do this. It's been a long time coming. I'm here with my guy, Kyle, and we are ready to go. What's going on, Kyle? What's going on, Cam? It's episode one, and I literally could not be more stoked right now that we are finally putting together a real podcast. The DSD podcast is a real thing. And it's been, it's been a long time coming, man. Me and you have been working through this for sure. Like for weeks and weeks, all these hurdles, we are here and we're going to do this for the fans. All I got to say is that we're going to talk sports and we're going to do it in absolute shenanigan possible way. We're going to be stupid. We're going to be funny and we're going to make fun of your favorite teams. I'm sorry if you're a little sensitive to that. Maybe you shouldn't listen, but we want everyone to listen to the DSD podcast. Yeah, and the place we're going to start is by making fun of your team. But y'all kind of know, like, we're going to banter back and forth here. And this is just what we do. We're going to make jokes and we're going to be sarcastic because we run meme pages. And we are very much, we don't take ourselves seriously. And hopefully y'all don't take yourselves seriously either. Like, I do not take myself very seriously. And a lot of people will say, oh, our TSD, you're famous. TSD, you're famous. Bro. I am not, I'm just a normal guy that sits on the couch and just makes fun of your favorite team. All I got to say is that we can start today by making fun of my favorite team, the Boston Celtics. So let's just go over really quick what we're going to talk about. The Celtics, maybe a little Clippers and Lakers banter, those absolute choke jobs, maybe a little Luka Doncic. We have a lot to talk about, Kyle, a lot. I mean, you're also sleeping on both of the Eastern Conference playoff series being set where I've been calling it for the past week or so on the Take It Easy podcast. Like the Eastern Conference playoffs officially start on Saturday. Like we went through the first round. We got one sweep of Miami and a bunch of game fives. But which which hold on, hold on. We we called it. We said it on the Take It Easy podcast. It's what we said. Kyle and I said that the Miami Heat are frauds and they were going to lose in four games. Honestly, I didn't even believe my own take when I said that, but I ended up being right. So I'm going to run victory laps around this part. Dude, I started doing the little like Joker dance because <laughs> I had said when we came into the series, I just joked. I said, uh, the Bucks are going to win in four games and they're going to win every game by 27. And then game one, game one scared me a little bit, but yeah, it was a close, when, it was close. When you survived the Duncan Robinson game, you know, you're in a good position. So it was like a two point game. And then the next games were 33 29 and like 17 were the last three games of the series, which averages out to 24. And you know what? I'm going to take a victory lap on that. And I'm doing a little dance. You are close enough, my friend. That's all I got to say. And all another thing I got to say is Duncan Robinson just poo-pooed at the entire series. He was just a no man. He was not even there. Well, we joked about this last year. You always get one Duncan Robinson game in every series. You get one game where he's going to hit seven three-pointers, and because he can make seven three-pointers, one out of every five games, he's going to get like $15 a year in the offseason, $20 million a year in the offseason, either from Miami or like San Antonio. Yeah, he's (laughs) literally, or like the Grizzlies or something. But all right, (laughs) so let's talk about my favorite team, the Boston Poopy Celtics. All right, so let's just say this really quick. The Boston Celtics are an absolute middler. And what I mean by that is they are not good enough to be the best in the league, and they're not bad enough to be in the bottom of the league. So when you're in a middler in the NBA, you're in a terrible position. 
But the problem is with the Boston Celtics is that they have good players, but it's clear there was dysfunction the entire year. Can you even imagine what it looked like behind the scenes if Danny Ainge resigns and then Brad Stevens gets promoted? Air quotes, promoted. Let's be honest, man. We know that there was some some stuff going on there. What do you think? Well, how could it not be when Brad Stevens has never had a lick of experience running a team from the top of the organization? The man came from small schools in Indiana, then worked his way to Butler as a head coach. And this is back when Butler was in like the Horizon League. And they yeah. made those crazy final four runs with Shelvin Mack and Gordon Hayward and yep. uh, Andrew. I think it's Andrew Thomas was the guy's name, but um, there was another guy who got to the NBA. But anyways, um, so they made those final four runs and he gets that contract with the Celtics and he he has a lot of success. But one of the things and this is a great quote that I heard about this is that devastating results provide devastating consequences. And so Boston huh. looked around and basically they have a team that underperformed. And as much as you hate Kyrie Irving, it looks like Kyrie Irving kind of won in dismantling oh, your franchise. Oh. oh, no, he did. No, no, no. I, no, no. Listen, I'm not I'm not I'm not delusional. I hate the guy's guts, but he's still an unbelievable player. I mean, both things can be true. You know what I mean? I, I hate him, but I think that he was the key to the Celtics being good. But he left, and man, he dismantled. But back to your original point when you just said that about that quote. What was that? Devast- say it again. Devastating. Uh, devastating results lead to devastating consequences. So I think that's another thing, a really interesting point, because devastating results could be in a positive way, too. The Boston Celtics got two full of themselves when they, when they almost went to the finals with the, with those, you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown is like basically rookies. That was kind of the beginning of the end for the Celtics because they thought they were better than they were. I mean, I think Jalen, Jason Tatum is a true superstar type of player. He's not there yet by any means, but the Celtics have holes everywhere. They're in trouble. So think about the timeline for the Celtics post that game. And that's kind of where I wanted to go to after that. After that game seven with Scary Terry and Jason Tatum, and they lost to the Cavaliers in a seventh game in Boston. And they should have won that game. And they should have won that game. They choked it away. I mean, like, I just, it's just the truth. They did. Yeah. Even if they don't beat the Warriors in the finals, because this was the second Warriors run, they swept the Cavs. It was the next game was the J.R. Smith game. But (laughs) say, say they don't win that game say or i'm sorry say they do win that game so the aftermath looks totally different for boston because then Kyrie comes back and he tells them he's gonna stay if they'll have him back and nobody resigns with the boston celtics like <laughs> this is a great point the only black guys who have signed as free agents with boston are kemba walker and Al Horford, who's Dominican, so it changes the math a little bit because there's a nice yeah. Dominican population in Boston. And so yeah. guys don't usually stay in Boston. So you had that whole turmoil with Kyrie Irving yep. added to the fact with the Anthony Davis thing where Anthony Davis requested a trade and Danny Ainge basically made public every single one of you are on the trade block. The same shit that happened to the Lakers, except the Lakers actually got Anthony Davis. They yeah. traded the farm to get him. And Boston made it clear, nobody is safe. We will trade Jason Tatum. We will trade Jalen Brown. We will trade any of y'all to get Anthony Davis. And it only ended when Anthony Davis said he wouldn't come there. 
Yeah. And but, but, everything but, fell but, apart. But with that being said, though, to add to that point, Danny Ainge wouldn't pull the trigger on anyone. Whether Anthony Davis isn't the guy or not, there was plenty of opportunities to bring in better better pieces. Paul George, you know, uh, I mean, wh- whether you think Paul George is the right guy or not, but the point is yeah. that you got to bring in a stud. You have the They pieces. passed on James Harden this year. They could have gotten James Harden at this I point. I was driving the bus to trade Jalen Brown for James Harden. And man, was I right. Because if the Celtics got James Harden as like a true point guard-ish type of, you know, shooting guard player, Celtics are probably, they're in better place than they are now. I can tell you that. I mean, the Celtics are in trouble, man. I mean, ah, I'm just disappointed because they're in cap hell. They don't even, they, you know, with the Kemba Walker situation, Kemba Walker is killing them. Oh my God. God, that was something that was stunning to me was I saw that Bleacher Report was talking about this after the fact and like, what is the path forward for the Celtics? Because this is the other point that I talked on radio about. Remember the Toronto Raptors when they the same year as the Celtics, they were the one seed and they got swept out by LeBron in the second round. Yeah. So they had they had devastating results that required devastating consequences. And so they did the right moves. They fired the coach of the year, Dwayne Casey, and hired Nick yeah. Nurse. And they, they traded, traded yeah. DeRozan and Jakob Pertle in a first-round pick for Kawhi and with some help of a Kevin Durant injury, won the championship. But they were willing to blow up the blueprint, knowing that their window was closing. They blew up the blueprint. They got a championship, and then everything fell apart. Like, they, they suck now. They have to rebuild. And so the Celtics are not in that position because they have the two foundational pieces, but the way that you shake up the room is shake up the front office and the coach or shake yeah. up the roster. Boston's already done the hard part of shaking up the front office and the coach. Mm-hmm. Now they have to shake up the roster or bring back the same roster and say, Hey, we disappointed and we're content to be the four seed. And we go as far as Jason Tatum goes. Yeah. I mean, listen, I don't have a problem with you having that, that mindset, but they're not good enough to win. So, you know, with it being said, I think it has a lot to do with, um, you know, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, these guys are studs. They are, but there's no heart on the Celtics. And I think Marcus Smart is the vocal leader, but he's also a problem too. He shoots too much. All this like, listen, man, I'll, all I got to say is that they better shake it up. They better shake it up. They need, they need better bench scoring. They have nothing. They, you know, and going back to Danny Ainge, just hoarding all these draft picks, the, the, the local media makes a joke all the time that the main Red Claws are like a super team. Because they have so many first-round picks up there and getting MVPs, they're they're never losing games because they're just hoarding these draft picks. They're doing you know these drafts and stashes in Europe. Like we don't want that. Trade these pieces for players. But I don't now. I yeah. now I don't want them to trade players for pieces. I, that's not what I want. I want them to trade Marcus Smart or Jalen Brown for like legit people, not like you know young stuff. I don't know, man. I'm just. No, I, I get it. There, there's a lot of different options you can play with. And to be honest, the first thing I would do, well, th- it's not quite this way because the draft comes first, but one of the things I do for sure, re-sign Evan Fournier. Just make sure you get him back in yeah. a Celtics uniform next year. Yeah. Give him a full season a there. He was a positive for sure. I, I think at the end of the day, he definitely helped, but like he wants $20 million. I mean, like, I mean, I mean, I guess that's just what the, the NBA drives at this point when, you know, all these guys are making tons of money, but like the Celtics are in cap hell. I mean, I don't even know what they're going to do because Kemba Walker is absolutely cashed. He really is. He's got a knee issues. He's just he's just done. He can't even play back-to-backs. He missed two games in the playoffs. Like, yeah. I mean, like that's, that's embarrassing, dude. you got to play. 
at least one of those games. I'm sorry if you're injured, but you got to play. Or just opt out altogether like Jalen yes. Brown did, where it's like, I just don't, you can't count on me. I'm gone. I actually thought that was going to be the case. I, I was actually surprised to see Kemba playing in the game against the Wizards because I just assumed he was done for the season. But yeah. Kemba, yeah. that was the thing that was fascinating. I was reading Kemba holds no trade value. I was like, well, if Kemba holds no trade value, then your best chance is to hope is to keep him and hope that he becomes old Kemba Walker, because otherwise you have to attach picks and players to his contract. And that's stupid at this point. It's not worth it. So his contract is so bad that it's actually like a bad contract to have. So usually in the NBA, you want to have like one or two bad contracts because you know these crap bag teams like the my you know like the like the yeah you i'm glad you brought up miami i make the joke everyone needs an olenic contract everyone needs 15 million dollars to olenic yeah but 30 million is too much that's just it's just way too much but it but the olenics of the world you know i i I could think of it like 20 examples like i remember jeff green signs like a 20 million dollar contract with the my with the uh sorry the orlando magic is he worth 20 million? No, it was a one year deal because you have to sign people. You have to have these bad contracts. Literally the only reason why he signed there was probably his trade bait. And I'm not, I'm not even sure what his final, if he got traded or not. But the point is, is that Kemba Walker's contract is so bad that they can't even trade him. They're going to have to trade him with several picks attached. And it's like, is it even worth it at that point? No, you're just going to no, hold out. You're going to wait. But it's like, if Kemba Walker turns into a like, you know, maybe 70% of his old, old old self, they might be in business, but man, they are in trouble. I, I can't even say it otherwise. Like, I don't even know what they do. I really don't. Like, do you trust Brad Stevens to make the right decisions? I don't even, is that, can he even evaluate? it? I have no idea. I have no idea. I have no idea either. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say, you know, he might be pretty good at it. I don't know. But yeah. the problem for the Celtics is that, there's there's not a big free agent class either this year. They don't have a ton of money. They've got some, is, but also Tatum's contract thing, right? goes in. Which is a good thing, though, that there's not, not a ton of guys available. It gets closer to the you know the end of these contracts. You know, I think Kemba Walker has two years left. I mean, he might even have like a player option. I have no idea. He's got he's got two years, but I assume once he gets to the next year, the Celtics will just buy him out and, and let him go somewhere else, a la like Nick Batum, where yeah. If he's really bad next year, they'll just be like, look, we, can we negotiate a buyout? You can go play somewhere else, but we need to we need to get that contract off the books. The point with the free agents, though, is that even the ones that are good, like Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, John Collins, yeah. none of them want to go play for the Celtics. <laughs> it's why I think those... they need to keep Fournier. No, I agree with you. And then the problem with those type of guys is that they're, they're demanding a lot of money. And Celtics don't have the money. I mean, I admit, I'm just... Let's just say that I think the Celtics are in a pretty horrible situation because the only thing they can do right now is trade. They can trade their players for other players, but I would rather Danny Ainge making that decision, not Brad Stevens. We know Danny Ainge can make make trades. I just don't know that about Brad Stevens, but it's pretty clear the Celtics are a middler. You know, they have a, a, a an absolute stud in Jason Tatum, but it's like... You need more than that in the NBA. I'm sorry, just the way it works. Boston Celtics right now are presently $23 million over the salary cap headed into next season. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, like, so they always make jokes locally in Boston that the NFL have a fake salary cap because you can like you can like move her around, you know, whatever. You yeah. Can, like you can renegotiate the NBA. 
the salary cap is what the salary cap is. So, oh no, you are correct that in the NBA there is a practical salary cap because you're allowed to go over the cap to re-sign your own players. So, for example, like Tatum's contract doesn't count quite towards the cap. Yeah. So, like, so like for the example, bird ride, the bird ride, right? Yeah. So, for example, the Spurs right now are 47 over the cap, and so the San Antonio Spurs actually have close to about 40 million dollars to spend in free agency. Dallas 44 over the cap, but they're going to have 17 million to spend in free agency. The Celtics are 23 million over the cap, but are also 22 million over the cap in available free agent space. So they oh. they're going to have to cut some contracts this off season, or do luxury tax penalties, which they did that I think in 2019. I think they were under last year, but they they can also just pay luxury tax on Evan Fournier. So Evan Fournier might cost 20 million dollars, but to your rich ownership group, it'll cost 100 million dollars. Oh my God. Yeah, know. sorry, sorry to make you feel bad about that. That yes, I'm you can. Sorry. You are correct. You can get the cap space, but it's not actually real cap space. So guys, <laughs> guys, this is what we're doing. We're gonna start making fun of your favorite team now because I just went through hell for for twenty minutes, and Kyle made me feel bad about my favorite team. Thanks, Kyle. You're welcome. I am happy to bring in stats and facts to make your team <laughs> feel like shit. Yeah, yeah. So now let's talk about actually what's your favorite team? Are you a Lakers guy or are you or used to be a Lakers guy? I, I used to be a Lakers guy. I've moved more towards the objective journalist side, but my I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna get blasted for this a little bit. So I, I grew up in San Diego and I grew up about five minutes away from the San Diego State campus. And so our guy is Kawhi Leonard. Yep. And Kawhi Leonard went to the Spurs and I, I, because of my weird Lakers fandom that I was born into, I was like, well, the Spurs and Lakers are rivals, even though the Spurs and Lakers have never played a playoff series in the last decade. Um, (laughs) It's only a rivalry from the early 2000s. They're not any kind of natural rival, but I stopped rooting for Kawhi. And then he got to Toronto and it was one of the most, it was like the greatest season ever. I was like, Oh my God, I love this guy more than anything. And he went to the Clippers and I was like, why should I stop rooting for him just because he's on the Clippers? So I've got a, I, I've got Kawhi Leonard merch. I I'm getting a Kawhi Leonard Jersey at some point. So I'm not a Clippers fan, but Kawhi is my guy and it's not a good day to be a Kawhi guy. Well, so, so I'm going to make fun of the Kawhi Leonard in one second, but this is the way that the NBA is kind of going. It's not about the teams anymore. It's more about the players. So like, I'm a little older than you. Actually, I'm like a, I'm like a grandpa compared to you, I guess, but I, I am a Celtics fan and through and through, but I'll tell you this, I'm a more Tom Brady fan than a Patriots fan. So I follow Tom Brady to the Buccaneers. Everyone's like, oh, you're a homer. Uh, you know, you're, you're a fair weather fan. Blah, blah, blah. I don't care. He's my yeah. guy. I don't care. He's my guy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's my guy. But you're not a Tom Brady guy. We can get that to that at some point, at some point, because he makes you eat your words every year. You know, it's how it works. It's how it works. It's literally, it's the, it's the meme of Larry David where he's like, bleep you and I'll see you next year every single time <laughs> that Tom Brady's in the playoffs and he proves me wrong. It's like, screw you, I'll see you next year, Tom. Okay, let's make for your favorite player, Kawhi Leonard. What is going on in LA? Both teams are going to be see you in Cancun in two. I saw a meme yesterday that was like, Jimmy, it was like, you know that um, Josh Hart meme when, uh, uh, James Harden gets hit in the face of the ball and he looks at him. He's like, I'm super, I can't believe that. 
you know yeah he like he hit himself in the face with the basketball and josh hart's like what just happened yeah so basically with that meme they said it said jimmy butler uh seized Kawhi leonard and lebron james in cancun how so as a fan i love it i love to see i love this i'm awesome but the nba must be crying right now because i just like don't even know i don't even know what's going on how are the clippers losing to the mavericks how tell me Tell me how. Long live the Clipper curse, my friend. Long <laughs> live the Clipper curse. Luka Doncic has turned himself, whether he was a stud before or not, he was. He's an absolute monster. This guy is like a phenom now. He's like he's like 10 years old, and he's running the NBA. I saw, I saw in part of my take yesterday, which is a Barstool podcast, that PFT says, I don't believe Luka Doncic is 22. I agree with him. He's like 30. This guy's just like the best player in the NBA out of nowhere. For the, like the, he's 17. He's running the, the Euro League. It's crazy. What is happening? So let me tell you this before, because it's not without precedent. So I, I was thinking about this because last week I was mentally preparing for a scenario where the Dallas Mavericks beat the Los Angeles Clippers because they were up 2-0. And now I have to re-prepare because I thought Luka's injury yeah, was going to doom them. You talked yourself out of it. Yeah, because Luca was was hurt. Like he has neck. He had this giant ass pack that was like a oh, backpack a over his neck. Thing, right? Yeah, his neck or something. Yeah, well, there's a nerve in his neck that was also affecting his back and shoulder. So, anyways, I thought like, oh, injuries are going to derail this amazing season. But now I can hop back in on this hype train because we know that they're going to play the the Jazz in the next round. Which, you know, Jazz are technically an easier matchup than the Clippers and. In the technically, in, technically, but like the Clippers are the Clippers, man. They are the they're like the best team in the West. They really are, like the like talent wise. But it's just what what is happening? They're gonna lose to the Dallas freaking Mavericks. I can't even believe it, honestly. It's it's really funny, but also the Clippers were extremely dependent on Kawhi Leonard this season. By the way, this was a crazy stat I saw last night. When Paul George was Kyle's on the floor. Kyle is a stat guy. I love it. Kyle, give us a stat. The stat so, of the day. When, yeah, we can we can play a little music for stat of the day. We <laughs> we I don't have it there, but when and this one's not too crazy, but it's just indicative of what happened last night. When Paul George was on the floor, the Clippers were a plus 17. And when he was off the floor, they were minus 22 and he sat eight minutes in the game against the Dallas Mavericks. So Paul George was awesome. And Kawhi Leonard was emphatically not awesome. Now he did have 20 points, but it was a bit of a falter. What I wanted to say with Luca also, and this plays along with the Kawhi thing is just they're in the modern, like modern NBA, like post 1990, there have been four players at 22 and 23 who have made like finals runs. They didn't have to win it. They just made deep playoff runs carrying a team. It's Shaq on the Orlando Magic, Tim Duncan on the Spurs, yep. LeBron 2007 Cavs when he hit that like crazy shot against the Pistons and like oh, got yeah. carried off or like oh, grabbing yeah, that, his jersey as he ran away. That's a legendary video, but go, I'm sorry. I, I, I like relive that. LeBron... 2007 and Kevin Durant 2012 those are the only ones and I'm looking at Luca right now and I'm saying this guy can do that he can make yeah, a conference yeah. finals this year if the Lakers lose to the Suns what I mean we're, we're two losses away from just chaos in the Western Conference and it's also we'll get to this later but it's leading me to believe that 
Bucks Nets is for the NBA championship. Like we're I, watching I, the NBA finals in round two. I 1,000% agree with you. The Bucks Nets in the second round is for the NBA championship. I'll tell you this. I don't, if, if the Lakers lose and the um, Clippers, why can't the Mavericks go to the NBA finals? It's it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable that the Phoenix Suns and the you know Utah Jazz, the Dallas Mavericks, and and then you know what, what is Portland up in that series or is it? Oh, that's a Denver, right? It's Denver. I mean Portland. Portland should be up in that series, but that series is going to go seven. We'll see. We'll yeah. see who wins that afterwards. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you this: if Jamal Murray doesn't get injured on the Denver Nuggets, they are literally the favorites, probably to win to win it. If if the Lakers and the Clippers go down, unbelievable. There's so the NBA is fun, right? I'm a big NBA guy. I'm I'm a big hockey guy too. We'll do hockey at some point on this on the the podcast, but. Bruins Islanders game f- game three tonight. Yeah, <laughs> Bruins also choked that one away. That, uh, uh, all right, it's all right. Okay, well, we'll, we'll see. Here's the thing: I make fun of my teams just as much as everyone else because I'm a really mean fan to my teams. I, you know what? You want to hear a team that I actually hate? The Boston Celtics. So as I digress. <laughs> <laughs> oh god that was good that was good <laughs> i digress yeah he he thought i was gonna say the lakers he thought i was gonna say something like that it's the I thought you were gonna say the sixers i thought for sure it would be the sixers <laughs> i don't like the sixers at all though one of my friends is like a big sixers fan just for no reason he's from Bo- he's from new hampshire actually and i don't even know why he just like will play that stupid song that's like I don't even know. I can't, I can't, I can't think of it off my head, but it's like the Sixers like win song and it annoys the hell out of me, but he's one of those kids that will like play it just because it annoys me. And now he's like an actual fan. It's like, it's horrible. It's, it's that's how I develop a lot of my hatreds. I just realized that's kind of how I develop hatreds for other teams is from doing that to other people. <laughs> so you're one of those guys. Okay. I'll keep that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a dick. I am definitely a dick. <laughs> Yeah, uh, listen, man, it is what it is. Um, so I lost my train of thought there, but I can't believe that we're in a situation where I'm in the NBA. Like, really, it's it's a it's fun. It's a lot of fun because the Eastern Conference doesn't really matter. Like, we know who's coming out of the East. It's either the Bucks or the Nets. But I can tell you this though, I do think the Sixers are a bad bad matchup for the Nets because they have guys that can play defense. I don't think they, I think the Nets are going to win the championship. I've been saying this since you know once they got James Harden, uh, but. The Sixers are a good team. They're, they're a good team. I think that they could beat the Nets. I think, I'm sorry, they could contend with the Nets. I don't think anyone's beat the Nets. I think the Bucks is going to be an awesome series, but I still see the, Knicks, the, the, the Nets winning in six or something. Yeah, any. I mean, I believed in the six, and the Sixers really needed the one seed. Like they're gonna, they're gonna have some trouble with the Hawks only because if if Embiid doesn't play, that means Simmons is gonna be the five, and that means Simmons has to guard Capella instead of guarding Trey Young. And I think they'd yeah, rather him guard Trey Young. But that's good about Simmons because that's the position he should play, or the four because he can't. He was twenty five percent from the free throws, free throw percentage front in the last series. I mean. That's not who he is, but we've talked about since day one, bro. He's the same guy since uh, since rookie season. But, 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 we got to talk about that legendary Knicks-Hawks series. That was legendary. Trey Young you, you are speaking to the new officially declared, as of a few days ago, the official oh. mayor of Warriors South right here because I have been talking 
good about the Hawks for since okay. fall of 2019. Explain, and- explain what Warrior South means because you've been saying this for a long time. I'll give you full credit for this. Give, give the viewers, do your victory lap. You deserve a victory lap because you've called this. You called it. It's just what you do. So Warrior South was initially the nickname that was given to the Atlanta Hawks when Travis Schlentak, who is the general manager, came from being second in command to Bob Myers. So after the 73 and nine season with the Warriors, before they got Kevin Durant, Schlentak left the Warriors to be the GM of the Hawks. And basically he came in and said, we want to build a team exactly the way the Warriors won championships. And that is the big reason why they passed on Luka Doncic to get Trey Young and why they drafted Kevin Herter with the first draft pick that they got. And I still call Kevin Herter baby Clay Thompson, even though they had to go sign it. He's a nice player though. But they had to go sign a bunch of free agents because he wasn't baby Clay Thompson. He's just, he's a guy now. So definitely. Warrior South was built in this idea that we can get a core around Trey Young and make him our Steph Curry. And I've been saying the whole time, Trey Young is special. He is the first child of the Steph Curry generation. And we're going to see a lot more of them start to come now because remember the first child of the Steph Curry generation. That is powerful stuff, man. I love that. I love it. Well, ironically, the second child of the Steph Curry generation is Marcus Howard, and uh, he's playing like <laughs> seven minutes a game on the on the Denver Nuggets, but he right, scored on, 29 a game in college. Anyways, um, so Trey Young is the first child of the Steph Curry generation, and he has been awesome as the centerpiece for the franchise. And what they struggled with for those, when I said it at first, I thought, you know, John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, uh, Kevin Herter. I thought that would be good enough. And it wasn't, they, they weren't very good. They missed the bubble altogether last year. And they finally put it all together this year because they got Gallinari. Everyone needs a Bogdanovich and they got a Bogdanovich by the way, Tim Hardaway jr. New honorary Bogdanovich for the remainder of the playoffs. Um, so they got a Bogdanovich. They got Danilio Gallinari. They got Clint Capella in that coaching, trade with the, with the Hawks. Big, I think a good big piece there. They well, because I think the, you said last year they missed the playoffs altogether. They, they they did, but I think it had a lot to do with that absolute bum Lloyd Pierce. But I'll tell you this: you know who's looking at Lloyd Pierce to be their head coach? The Boston Celtics. Oh my god! Yeah, oh it's. This is a fun fact too. So since Lloyd Pierce got fired, the Atlanta Hawks are 32 and 10, and that would put them on pace to win 64 games in a whole full season. They would have won 64 games as a team. (laughs) Okay. So we're going to get that bomb to be the Boston's. Oh, okay. Mm, Yeah. I see. I think, I don't know how much it is because Lloyd Pierce gets a lot of respect among NBA circles. I think it's just Nate McMillan is a criminally underrated coach. No, but he's like a, he's an actual coach. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying Lloyd Pierce is a, Listen, man, I, I think that coaching in the NBA is, is vastly overrated to begin with, just to be honest. I think it's all about the mm-hmm. players. But there are some good coaches. Like, I think Brad Stevens is a good X and O's, guys. But he can't command a locker, whether that's because he's white or, you know, didn't play or whatever, whatever it is. Like, there's a bunch of reasons why. But, yeah. you know, Nate McMillan is a good coach. He's a good coach. My, my point, me and you agree a lot on coaching. And my idea is just coaching can re, bad coaching can really hurt you, but good yeah. coaching just keeps you afloat. It's yeah. why the Warriors had to fire Mark Jackson after that, you know, 2014 season was just, he's a bad coach. Sorry, Mark Jackson. Uh, you're just, you're just not a good with coach. All, uh, with all due respect, with all due respect. <laughs> 
Yeah. So bad coaching and losing the locker room can hurt, but good coaching just kind of keeps you at a float. It's why Ty Lue and Doc Rivers isn't that much of a difference. Like it's just keep the team afloat. Well, it's also the, Clippers. Like, the, the most of the part of the NBA is like, we, these guys are all coddled. We know that, but like the lock, the, the coaching, 90% of the coaching in the NBA is just making, making sure you, you, you ass kiss all the big guys and make sure that you're, you're buddy, buddy with everyone in the locker room. Cause it's always funny when you see these coaches who are actual good coaches, IE Popovich, IE, you know, um, um, uh, Frank, uh, Carlisle, they have the, in big moments, it, even even Eric Spolstra, I think Eric Spolstra is actually a really good coach too. Eric Spolstra, I think he's the opposite. Where Eric Spolstra says, "I'm not here to be your friend. Like I'm going Which to I be respect. mean. It's I'm going to be thing. angry." And yeah, exactly. Thing. But yes. but it's it's interesting because Boston tries to do that too, and Boston can't do it because it's not Miami. Yeah, and, and Brad Stevens Brad Stevens is not an angry oh, guy. Gee, Brad Willikers. Stevens is a very yeah exactly. Oh, G <laughs> Do you know like imagine imagine old old G Willikers calling your favorite team? Hey, uh, I got Marcus Smart available. Oh, 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 you you want him for second round pick? Oh, you can have him. Oh my God! Imagine old G Willikers calling your team. Oh my God, he's gonna get absolutely dominated out there. He really is. You good, bro? You good? Like <laughs> you, you're really going through something right now. <laughs> I hate As you can tell, dude. I mean, like, what? A, how disappointing! How disappointing is this? How disappointing is this? Oh my goodness! All right. Uh, what else we got? Okay, so. The Atlanta Hawks, we want to get back into that. Trey Young is the official mayor of New, of New York. Just let yeah. admit this. That dude is a beast. And, um, you know, segueing a little bit, the Trey Young and the Luka Doncic uh, trade is so fascinating because I still think the Mavericks won because you got an absolute stud in Luka Doncic, obviously. But, man, Trey Young is legit. He's legit. He's proven himself this year. So how many in this past generation of NBA stars, you could say there's like 10 players who like could have been best player on the championship team. There's like 10 hall of famers in the last, you know, five, 10 years of NBA basketball, which kind of means if they're all drafted within five years, there's about two hall of famers per draft class. And ironically, what makes the Luca Trey young trade so fascinating. One is that the, the, the split on that is Cam Reddish because they also got that extra draft pick to move down. Yeah. So if Cam Reddish is the difference maker between who wins that trade, that's a lot of pressure on him. But two, it's rare that we see the two studs of their draft class get traded for each other. It never happens. Well, it's usually you- one gets traded for the other, yeah, one passes absolutely. on the other. And here's the thing. Luka Doncic has like legit goat potential. He really does. That This dude is like, he, dude, he has like faces the league potential. I never felt that way about Trey Young, but my goodness, he averaged thirty point, like thirty point six points. I think the, the number was against the Knicks, who is, I think they are the best defensive team in the NBA. Oh, I hate to be stat of the day guy, but I've got another one here for you on Trey Young. Stat of the day. Uh, Stat of the day. It is the stat of the day. Anyways, so okay, uh, in, I'll have to sing that. Maybe rap it or something. We'll see. We'll see. Go, yeah. Go, go, uh, go. Do it acapella. Anyways, so this is the players in NBA history with 25 points per game and 10 plus assists per game in their first four career oh, playoff games. I know this one. Go ahead. Go ahead. I know it. Oscar Robertson, Kevin Johnson, which by the way, Google Kevin Johnson if you're interested, Steph Curry, and Trey Young. 
pretty good. I mean, not bad, right? Yeah, uh, I would say not bad at all. And Trey Young, again, I I will talk by things in generations, and really, I say a generation is every like five years. But like LeBron was the LeBron and KD are the faces of now the old guys. They're kind of becoming the old heads. Giannis is the face of the new generation, and Luca is the face of the babies. Like Luca and Zion and Trey Young are the face of the babies, and so they're going to come of age across the next four or five years before they're actually like legitimately, you know, super team potential, but the process gets sped up based on who the Atlanta Hawks or the Dallas Mavericks or the New Orleans Pelicans can bring in around those guys. But But, but you know, what's funny. Then you get guys like Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, you know, like dude, the NBA is littered with stuff. Yeah. So those are. two are kind of like tweeners, aren't they? Like, because yeah. they're the 2017 draft. Tatum yeah, is technically the same age as Trey Young. I think that oh, maybe not. Oh, okay. I saw this the other day. Some kid, I did an Instagram live yesterday, and um, some kid was like, Who would you rather have, Donovan Mitchell or, or uh, uh, Devin Booker? And I'm like, You know, I'm them. I just, I think I just threw a Donovan Mitchell, just whatever. Do- Devin Booker is the same age as Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. This dude's been in the NBA for for forty years. It feels like, he, it, yeah, because he was nineteen young, when he was drafted. Isn't that crazy though? Like he's a tweener too, but he's like kind of like on the next step of like these real studs. Man, the NBA is so interesting. I, I the player development. There's a lot of good players. Like even John Morant turned into a star this, yeah. this playoff series too. Like, oh my god! And the babies got- are coming, man. The babies yeah. are. We're talking about, well, Jesus, I messed up phrasing on that. But anyways, John Morant, <laughs> Zion Williamson. Uh, I mean, even R.J. Barrett's not bad. Like, R.J. Yeah, Barrett yeah. is, yep. he's all right. DeAndre Hunter is a great, like, DeAndre oh. Hunter can create his own shot. And as mayor of Warrior South, I am going to be all in on the DeAndre Hunter <laughs> no, hype train. No, I'm, not. I'm, I'm in on that, too. And then and then Bridges on the... Um, on the Suns is a stud too. Like they have, dude, there's players everywhere. And then you got LaMelo Ball, who is like the young, young studs, you know, and then um, uh, I'm, I'm pulling a blank right now. Who's the there? Ant-Man, the Ant-Man, Ant-Man on the you. Timberwolves. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the NBA is just, this is why the NBA is king. I mean, cause you could just talk about individual players. Football is a little bit different. We'll definitely get into the NFL. It's like, you know, like I love the NFL, but yeah. Give us the, something yeah. to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What else we got? Anything, anything you wanted to cover? Um, we kind of dipped our toes into the Lakers and Suns because game six is tonight. And obviously oh, that yeah. series is going to be done by the time we get to Monday. So we'll be able right, to talk so about I, whether or not the Lakers are gone. I think there's no chance the Lakers don't win tonight. That's my opinion. I really, I, I, I think the Lakers are going to win. What do you think? Do you think they're going to win this game going to game seven or are they going to, or are they going to lose tonight? And it's over in six. Is Anthony Davis playing? <laughs> uh, I want to say no. That's my answer. That's that's my answer at this point because the Laker, Lakers cannot count on anyone else at this point. And this is the beauty of the Suns and why why I think the Suns-Nuggets matchup would be fascinating is because yeah, the Nuggets have three gigantic bigs and the Suns are great at perimeter defense. So... Yes, you can lock down Austin Rivers and Facundo Campaso, or you can lock down 
you know, Dennis Schroeder and KCP had zero points in 42 minutes in game five. And that's a lot to do with Chris Paul and Devin Booker being, I mean, Devin Booker's pretty good, but Chris Paul is elite defensively on the perimeter. But Devin Booker's underrated. Devin Booker's an underrated defensive player. He really is. Yeah. And, and with it all he was bad good. at the start of his career. That was yeah, the definitely. thing. He was bad at the start of his career and now he's pretty good. And I think that he also doesn't have as many empty stats anymore. Like, it's probably not his fault, though, because like he's on a crap bag teams for years, De- um, Devin Booker. Because that 70-point 70, 70 game they scored against the Celtics, he lost by like 20 or something. So, I mean, it holds value. It's still 70 points. I mean, you know, yeah, he, he still did it. But I think he's just – he's much more meaningful games, all this. I, I can't say I've watched a ton of Suns games outside of like the ones on national TV because I just really can't like – Mountain time zone, baby. Everyone hates the mountain time zone. With this being said, too, I I think this is a really fascinating thing. You look at the teams who are the best teams in the Western Conference. If let's just assume the the Clippers and Lakers are get bounced, because I think at this point they're just looking in bad situations. The Suns, Nuggets, Jazz, those three teams right there, right? Just 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 to stop there, are so deep. They well, have, the Nuggets were deep. The Nuggets are now yeah, kind yeah, of true. well. That's the, true the Nuggets well, are playing Marcus Howard and Monte Morris significant minutes, but Monte Morris put up twenty eight in Game Five well, for the Nuggets. So, so let's just assume that um, Jamal Murray doesn't get injured. The, the whole point I'm trying to get at is that they're actually kind of changing the narrative a little bit, where you don't need. I mean, they have studs. All of them have studs on their team, but they have very deep benches. And then you look at the the Mavericks are pretty deep too. Like I don't know. Like I just think that it's a nice way to look at it that. It's not all about that one player, even though those three teams have one good player. But you know what I'm saying. You know. Then we go to the Eastern Conference, where I think all of those teams will smack whoever makes the yeah. NBA Finals out of the West. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. A hundred percent. Well, because the Nets are a super team. I mean, let's just be honest. But the Bucks are pretty deep. The Bucks are a pretty deep team. Yeah, the Bucks are really deep. Even though they've lost Connaughton now, like he's done for the season. Um, that Bryn Forbes is kind of low. How about Bryn Forbes? How about I know, that? dude. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think he scored more points than Jimmy Butler in the last series. Do we have a stat of the day on that? It's something close to that. He <laughs> outshot Jimmy Butler. I know that for sure. He definitely outshot Jimmy Butler from the field. Um, and I, and he had a yeah. great percentage too. I mean, and then imagine they got Bogdanovich. Whew, remember those? Yeah. Yeah, but then they they would lose, but then they would lose the Russian DiVincenzo, who's from Delaware. (laughs) You know what's funny about DiVincenzo, dude? I don't think anyone really remembers this. He was traded. He was gone. He was, Mm -hmm. see you later. And then the trade didn't happen. Now he's still there. How do you like go to work the next day just knowing that you got traded and you have to go back to your job the next day? Ask the Boston Celtics about that. They were all on the trading block with Anthony Davis and then they all had to come back and see each other. Fair, fair. But the Celtics didn't actually get traded. It, It was like a legit, it happened. It was over. You're gone. Yeah. Bye. They, they, they sent out all the, we love you. Thank you for all your times. The fans were all over you. Then he comes back the next day and he has to come back. Oh, no. DiVincenzo has no problem because you also forget he was going to go to the purgatory or no, not purgatory, the hell of the NBA in Sacramento. So he's like, that's true. I'm still here, boys. I oh, ain't yeah. going With to Sacramento. <laughs> there is not a worse team to be right now, I think, than the Suns. I mean, the um, sorry, the, the Kings. I, I don't even know. What do they even do? You're kind of. I told you about this. Yes. Yeah, you have I, more. Kings, I am here. You, yeah, you have more Kings knowledge than anyone I've ever met. So I can tell you this: that team sucks, and they're in trouble. The Kings are the new Knicks, and that is they are the worst team in the NBA that is actively trying to win. 
So that is a place you never want to be in as an organization. Um, I went, so they reopened the arena and one of the cool things they have at the new golden one center is that they open the glass panel. So you can literally look into the arena as the game goes on and they make sound. So anyways, I was watching it on the outside screen because they set up this screen for game days so they can like have an outdoor dining thing and you can watch the game on a TV yeah. and hear yep. free. Um, <laughs> they were chanting Rashawn Holmes's name at the arena and they also... Nope, they were just, uh, just he, he was the guy they introduced last. They had no Halliburton or Fox at this point, but... Um, a nice player. He really is. Yeah. Uh, they also had Mo Harkless playing significant minutes, and I completely <laughs> forgot Mo Harkless was on the Sacramento Kings. Um, but he was playing significant minutes at the end of the season. So yeah, it, it is. Uh, yeah, Sacramento Kings. I don't know what you do. They're trying to follow the Suns model, right? Is just rebuild around a superstar, but also try and not upset that superstar. But also, De'Aaron Fox just got a five-year contract, so. Yeah, I mean, he's, I, he's I, don't, I, yeah I think as long as you're getting paid, I don't think these guys really matter. I mean, like, let's be honest. I'm not sure if he's getting that contract anywhere else. I mean, especially because of the bird right and everything. You get a little extra money for yeah. being um, drafted there. But I like how the NBA does that, by the way, because it really it really promotes players to stay uh, with their teams, you know. But um, let me think here. Do we got any? Is there anything else? So, so it's a little bit. I would say this podcast is a little bit more uh, just kind of talky banter. But I think at some point we're gonna probably get together where we have like actual segments. But I think the fact that there's just we're so excited, juiced up, and running through walls over here that we just wanted to talk, 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 talk. But I think we got so we got segments there. We got a Celtics segment, and then we just That's got. True coach talk and mayor of warriors south but yeah the, the last part's just kind of all over the place we didn't even and get it, to talk about bucks and nets <laughs> all right let's let's do a quick minute on that what do you think about that series uh it's going to be absolutely epic and i'm going to watch every single game and i'm going to be in basketball nirvana because this is it's katie versus Giannis. like but i think that you're, you're you're missing a key point that Giannis and james harden hate each other and that is going oh, I to forgot be, about that. That is going to be another side note. That is going to be a this is like literally God's just saying, here, here's the best basketball series you could possibly have. I hope it goes seven. I really do. I don't ho- I hope it no one gets swept. I hope it's just like a really just intense, tough nosed games, game seven for the NBA championship. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't want to go too far on that because all of a sudden Kawhi is going to come back from down 3-2 and I'm going to be like, oh, shit, here come the Clippers yeah. still. But yeah, without the Lakers and Clippers, I don't, I don't know if any of those teams well, in the I, West can I, I win. I still think, I mean, I mean the, the, the Nets, I, I'm telling you right now, are going to win the NBA championship. I'm sorry. I just I just don't see how, how, they, how they don't. But with that being said, I think that the Bucs are the biggest threat to that with with what we're talking about, if the, the Lakers and the um, Clippers are out, I still think the Lakers are overrated, even with Anthony Davis. Like, I think they're a good team for sure. But like, I just can't believe the Clippers are choking the way they are because they really are choking. Like, I've never seen a bigger gag job than what I'm seeing right now. I mean, the Clippers are significantly better than the Dallas Mavericks, and the regular season proves that significantly. And like, not only are they significantly better, you know. Outside of Luka Doncic, they probably have. So I would say Luka's the best player in the series, right? And then, well, I guess like him and Kawhi are tied. But in this series, Luka's outplaying Kawhi for sure. 
Oh yeah, got- Kawhi has been Kawhi's been kind of booty in these last few games. Yeah. It's just the ones that they had the blowouts. He was awesome. But so who yeah. would you take? So you got Luca number one, and then after that you take Kawhi and then Paul George. After that, I mean, it's kind of like a toss-up, right? Like, you know, uh, Hardaway's playing really good. I, I don't know. It's, it's <laughs> can I say Terrence Mann? Can I say Terrence Mann? <laughs> uh, you can say whatever you want. You, 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 it's, your, it's your podcast. So you can pick and choose whatever you want to say. I don't care. Uh, yeah, Terrence Mann. At the end of the game yesterday, Batum was trying to get a tip in. I was like, why is Batum on the floor <laughs> yeah, in know. crunch time? Zubac, um, and then did you do you see Rondo how he's looking at uh, Kawhi Leonard? Like, what the hell did you do that for? Why'd you airball that? I mean, Kawhi got the ball in the corner. He's like, oh shit, I gotta throw it up there. But yeah, the, that's the other thing about the Clippers. Like, the team outside of Kawhi and Paul George is just not good. <laughs> it's it's yeah. a lot of Reggie Jackson and Terrence Mann and Nick Batum. Like, I mean, they're just, pretty. I mean, I mean, their depth their depth is fine when Paul George and uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard are playing well, right? Well, where's all that pandemic p talk, huh? Where is it? It was there in game one. Game one, it showed up and then it's disappeared the rest of the series. He's, but he's, he's, he's been awesome. Fine. He's fine. I mean, like, he's not the problem. Let's just say this. It's Kawhi's problem. I'm telling you. It's, if Kawhi Leonard plays a little bit better, they, they, they beat the Dallas Mavericks walking backwards. I'm sorry. I was talking about this in my group chat with some people. And it's like, I think we all overestimate Paul George. Like, because he's been around the block so long and he was, over, you know, the- over or under, over or under. I think we we give him too much credit. I think Paul George is a very good player, but it's all relative. It's the fact that yeah, when Paul George is your third best player, you're probably a championship team. But, but with that being said, though, he is he's the top of tier two. He's a top of tier two guy. He's not he's not tier one. You know, he's not Kawhi Leonard, but I think he can be the number two. I mean, you don't think so? I think he can be the number two and your team can be really good, but this is, yeah, this is the equation for championships is that you kind of need two of those top five players or at the very least two of the top 10 ish. And Paul George is a perennial all-star. He's really good, but it's, it's the same problem that the Portland has had for years. It's just CJ McCollum's better as a number three and it's they just can't get anyone else in there and neither can the Clippers. And it's well, just, the, it's an interesting thing. Here's the thing. And I, we can end it on this note. I always think it's a very interesting conversation when people look at it, look at it this way. People overuse the word superstar. There's like six superstars, seven superstars. You can maybe in the league, right? There's a lot of really good players. Like they're really good, but they're not great. Like great to me is like LeBron James, Giannis, you know, like that's great. I mean, I don't even know if, LeBron is even in that conversation anymore, but he, he still is. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's right up there. Him and Anthony yeah. Davis are interesting yeah, right Davis now. Too. They're in a weird transition period. But yeah, it's a transition in the NBA. You've got the old guys who are superstars. You've got, I mean, they're old, but they're like exiting yeah. their prime. LeBron, well, they're, Kevin they're Durant. Old. They're old in the eyes of the NBA. Like when you're like, you know, 35 or whatever, like that's old in the NBA. Like these guys are yeah. like, <laughs> these guys are like 12 years old coming to the league, dropping buckets. They're the people we've been talking about for the last seven, eight years as the faces yeah. of the NBA, whether it's, you know, Westbrook, Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, James Harden, KD, LeBron, all those guys. And then you've got the young guys. You've got yeah. guys entering their prime like Giannis, Anthony Davis, Jokic, Embiid, Devin Booker. Uh, Donovan you know Mitchell's kind of a weird is, tweener. Though? Yeah, he is. And Jason Tatum, they're both weird in the middle people. But I think it's an interesting conversation because you look at like Steph Curry, right? He's obviously like, exiting his prime but players like 
Steph Curry could play for 40 years. Like the guy, yes, he, Steph's game is going to age yeah. very gracefully. Like he doesn't, he, like eventually he's just going to be like the guy that sits in the corner. If he wants to play till 40 years old, he literally could. And he's going to imagine once Steph Curry retires, how ridiculous that untouchable three point record is going to look like. No one's going to touch him. Yeah. I, I think you're probably right on that because no one's going to be able to take the the volume of shots that Steph Curry does and hit them and then, consistently. And then for how long he plays, that's the key. If he plays so like 35, I mean, I, I don't even know how old he is now, but I'm just saying more. I in think general. Steph is 33. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So let's just say he plays so 40 because, like you said, his 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 game is going to age beautifully beautifully because he can still be point guard, you know, facilitating. He doesn't have to take volume shots, but he can still shoot, shoot threes. I mean, like that's an amazing situation to be in for sure. Yeah. Steph Curry is definitely one of those guys. LeBron's game is surprisingly aging gracefully, but also, yeah, you know, but he's also developing his, his jump shot and his three points are much better. And he's not, he doesn't have to do the dunking stuff as much anymore. He's yeah. He doesn't, bad, but he doesn't need to. He used to be the best driver in the league. Like when he w- went to put the ball on the ground, go right, used to be just totally unstoppable. Now that's Giannis and yeah. Ben Simmons to a degree. But those guys, like LeBron doesn't do that as much anymore because he just can't. His, his body can't bang around like it did. But and, he still can if he in an absolute like, situation where he needs to. But like you said, he has to have more of a jump shot. He has some more of a, a post-game, uh, mid-range game. And no, LeBron's definitely, and people don't give the, him enough credit for that. He's, he's, he's evolved his game. Big time. Went to that in game five against the Suns, even though they got their ass kicked. He had 24 points and like five or six three-pointers in that game. He like looked, He it, looked good. He looked good. I mean, he left the game early, but that was not a great look on him. Yeah, but everyone, everyone sat because they were down 30 at halftime. <laughs> that no, was no, just, no, it's, yeah. a, it's a horrible situation to be in. I'm not even, listen, man, yeah. it's always fun to hate on LeBron James, but that guy's my goat. I'm sorry, guys. He's my goat. I'm sorry. Yeah, any anyone looking at numbers would agree. But we one thing I will refuse to decree to in this podcast is to do MJ LeBron debates. I refuse uh, to yeah. to do that. Uh, you can do that on your own time. <laughs> no, I, I refuse to because uh, yeah, yeah, anyone yeah. who looks at numbers knows. Yeah, any. Anyone who looks at numbers knows that LeBron James is above. I'll put that out there on episode one. LeBron James, if you look at the numbers, is better than Michael Jordan, and we will never discuss that again. Outside of like. I can't even think of a player I've watched longer in any sport than Mike than, than LeBron James. I mean, I've literally because I, I and being a Boston fan, we've hated LeBron since I was like in high school, which is like over ten years, maybe fifteen years ago. When did he come in the league? Was that two thousand three? Yep, two thousand three. I've literally been watching him since that point, and like actively. Like, I mean, I feel like I see him all the time. I mean, we we owned LeBron for like ten years or something. Then, oh boy. He ended up yeah. those, my boys. He ended, he ended up making his doormat the Boston Celtics. Yeah, of course, because he he built the super team, and of course. But the thing that's so weird with the LeBron case, and by the way, to answer your question, Tom Brady. Tom Brady is someone you have watched oh, oh, much yeah, longer. Yeah. <laughs> well, 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 I've also I'm, there's a possibility as when Tom Brady is in the Patriots uniform, I've missed like two games. So yes, that's that's I I I'm, I'm sorry, touched on Tommy. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I forgot about you. Yeah, but the LeBron James thing is weird because the league's been so dependent on LeBron. It's like you're talking about where the league is crying because the Clippers and Lakers are on the brink of elimination. Like. Like it's, it is not just the Los Angeles thing, but it's that the league has built themselves around those superstars for a while. And they've also for the past half decade built themselves around Kevin Durant being the villain. And so Kevin Durant could get the LeBron ratings, but Kevin Durant is just generally unlikable. And so we've talked, we've talked so much. We've, 
for those who have listened to us on the take it easy podcast, we've done like six podcasts on Kevin Durant psychology. And I assume we'll do Kevin Durant psychology again. We could do, we could do an entire podcast on Kevin Durant. Like exclusively, I love Kevin Durant, so we can. So I, I want to leave it out there. I I generally like the people who who everyone hates. That's just my motto usually. Besides Kyrie Irving, that guy can go pound sand. Yeah, that guy is uh that guy is a most wanted list in Boston. Boston almost took the high road. They had almost oh God, taken the why, high road. Why, why couldn't my guy that looks exactly like Peyton Pritchard just not throw that at him? Just waited another ten seconds, and then Kyrie Irving would have looked dumb. Oh my goodness! Whatever, and would have looked dumb for stomping on the logo too. That, yeah, that would he, he have made it worse. Yeah, that got no pub. But listen, man, end of the day, Boston needs to be better. I mean, I'm not, I'm not even trying to fight that. It's just it, both can be true. Kyrie Irving's an ass, and Boston fans are just our asses too. Like, I don't know why we can't. They're both possible, right? I mean, they're both. Yeah. A lot of the thing with Boston goes back to redlining and great migration because the great migration yeah. just didn't kind of make its way up to Boston. But there's a lot of historical context that we can no, no, we can bore yeah. people with, but no. Nah, yeah, yeah. Well, but but with that being said, because I'm a white Celtics fan does not mean I like I hate Kyrie Irving because he's a he's a mean person to me. He hurt my feelings. No, that is understandable. He ruined your franchise. <laughs> Kyrie Irving literally ruined your franchise. Yeah, and now I'm gonna have to be at the drawing board for the next 15 years in purgatory because I'm telling you, dude, being in the middle or in the NBA is the worst. But all right, Kyle, what do we got next? Are we? I've never ended a podcast before, so I don't know how to do this. I don't know what we're doing. What What do you think? Well, I can give you the cliche rundown of plugging all our shit, but also right, I can talk it. about... Yeah, so uh, we got the DSD podcast here. If you're checking us out on Apple or Spotify, make sure to follow. Download a bunch of episodes for us. Leave that five-star rating and a review. It can be a mean review. We just want a review from yeah. y'all as long as you leave us five stars as well. Uh, check out Cam over on Daily Sports Dosage. You can get the link to that in the description to today's episode. If you want all of my stuff at Take It Easy Podcast, Comical Sports Memes, we got a radio show, out. we got a YouTube, check him all out. that stuff. Check him out. He's my guy. He's one of the best in the industry. That's why we recruited him. I'm super pumped to be here. This is awesome. This is amazing. Yeah. So check out all that stuff, and I appreciate the kind words, Cam. For Cam... And then you've got any final thoughts and for myself with my final thoughts. And then we can uh, sayonara here on our first right, podcast. My final thoughts are, I'm going to tell you right now that I, I'm, I am hitching my wagons to the Lakers that I think they're going to win game six and then they're going to lose game seven. That's what I think. That's my final thought. And for myself, Kyle, who wants to remind you here today, don't forget about Tobias Harris because every year I forget about Tobias Harris and then he puts up 28 points in a playoff game and I forget that Tobias Harris almost made an all-star game with not just the Detroit Pistons but also the Los Angeles Clippers. Okay, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. I got to tell you, I got to find a story really quick, really quick. My friend was saying how Tobias Harris stinks and he was like, I, I, I you so overrated. Then we looked at the game log, he had like 28 points. So, do not sleep on Tobias Harris. Do not sleep on Tobias Harris. Somehow we made it a whole podcast without talking about Damian Lillard, too. That's a whole nother thing. Don't yeah, sleep can, on that can, as well. Yeah, we're going to have one every podcast Monday and Thursday. We're going to have a plenty of time to talk about Damian Lillard's an amazing player. But great, man. It was really great talking to you, Kyle. I appreciate it. Let's, let's do it again. That we will. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you again. And this has been the Daily Sports Dosage Podcast.